0: And
1: o. Patrick Mahomes will now get some time to let his ankle injury heal up. As the Chiefs get ready to face the Eagles in the Super Bowl, Mahomes said the ankle definitely didn't feel good during Sunday's win over the Bengals. College hoops tonight. Iowa State's in action at Texas Tech. The Miami Dolphins reportedly will not pursue Tom Brady if he comes back for another season. The Jets are expected to prioritize Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr in their search for a veteran QB. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Monday, get one of Jethro's world-famous meal deals. Score. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. (laughs)
0: Hour number two, welcome back, Miller and Con. Good one, Trent. Haven't played that one, I don't think. No. You, uh, you like the REO, huh? Yeah, it was good. I like that, tune. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Miller and Con. Did you not know, like the content stay for the bumps? Can't beat them, <laughs> Trent. We're number one in the building. Oh, uh, there's no doubt. Not even close.
2: Uh, 70s for you, early 90s for me, yeah, and away I can, we go.
0: I can get some of your 90s stuff's pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what's coming up this hour? Well, a pair of Knicks and uh, Trent's play of the day. Nick Athen in about 10 minutes. Nick Olsen at the bottom of the hour. Trent's plays of the day. Iowa State, Texas Tech uh, tonight. A couple of good games in the Big 12 tonight. Um, we will see what is on his list of games uh, that will come up. Uh, Adam Emmenecker, who will join us tomorrow. Uh, Doco Pizza Company sponsors Adam in his weekly spot with us. He's doing the color on the game. Scott Warman has the play by play for Drake, you and I on Wednesday night. Uh, on channel six seventy one. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Iowa State real quick. Mm-hmm. We did a little on Iowa. Obviously, we've done the NFL. I'm sure we'll get back to it. Circled around. We will with Nick uh, in ten minutes. To me, I draw a great big fat line through that game, almost like it didn't exist. You know, yeah. like when you when you've got when I'm handicapping a race and I see a bunch of good races and then one that's just a stinker. You just draw a line through it. Something wasn't right. No Caleb Grill. Uh, it seemed like the team really didn't want to participate <laughs> in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, um, and I'm good with it. I mean, tonight's the target. You know, if indeed you wanted to take a day off, fine. Um, prove that the, the reason the day off was because you wanted to save it for Monday night in
2: Lubbock. It's it's a bigger—this this one means more tonight than Saturday does. It counts in the standings. It's as simple as that. It was just one of those games, too, where you shot the lights out. Mm-hmm. And looking at the and true And they played box really score, good defense too. They did, and that's something that hasn't happened much with Missouri this year, but looking at the true shooting box score, then the shot lights out. It's just mm-hmm. one of those games where you kind of throw your much like the Iowa game earlier this year. Right. Kind of throw your hands up and say there's nothing we can do. We're mm-hmm. playing good defense and they're hitting shots with hands in their face and, and that's going to be the way that games play out. When you hit shots, you look a whole lot different. So I'm with you. I, I don't I don't think that this is some all oh, right, here We're, it comes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we knew this was yep. This is not the other shoe dropping. That's now you lose this one
0: against a team that's looking for their first win in conference. Right, Um,
2: it's a dangerous spot, but they're all dangerous. We talk about this seemingly every single day. The Big 12, there is not a night off. There is not. This is as close as you get to it, but it because is. of the fact the game is in Lubbock, that
0: mm-hmm. kind of balances the scales a little bit. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I don't know about uh, Caleb Grill's availability. Yes, offensively, he adds, uh, you know, every now and then he pops up and he makes a bunch of big shots, but it's the defense where uh, he um, um, makes his money or. You know, uh, makes the impact that he does on that Iowa State team. Um, Oshuni has been really good. Lipsy's Lipsy, you know, Holmes, <laughs> Kalsher. Uh, you need Caleb Grill as part of that uh, uh, that rotation. If you if he's if he's close and they rested him, I would think to get him back in time for tonight. And
2: you would hope. And even if it's not tonight, now you get a long layoff too. Does that mean when play did they in? play again? Not till Saturday with Kansas coming yeah. in. So is that a part of it? And that's an eleven o'clock tip on Big ESPN. Can we steal away another one? Can we get another get another game? Get a win. Trying to find a way to get a win without you know, grill. Without grill. Because they played what last Tuesday,
0: right? right? So so he had so he'd almost have a week off, a week between games, Tuesday to Monday, and then you take him till, till Saturday. Boy, that's got to be weighing on TJ's mind as to how to handle
2: this. You could play it both ways, basically, mm-hmm. almost getting two weeks off mm-hmm. or. You get you know five games in between games here and an opportunity to do that. We'll see, and uh, I'm sure that news will start to pop out. I would guess what Travis Hines probably. No, I know Petey's there. He He left
0: yesterday at six thirty in the morning. Okay, I don't know why he travels as early as he does to road games. Get there, I guess. Get there. You get up early. You know about that. No, I get it. But soak it all. I mean, I mean, I worked with a guy, Jimmy B, called the Barnstormers on Mm -hmm. a game on Saturday. He'd leave Wednesday. Got to get out of town, and then he'd come back on Tuesday. Long trip. I was good with it.
2: <laughs> Take as much time as you need. Yeah.
0: And he's going to join us, by the way. Brinson's going to be part of our Super Bowl coverage. He's based in Phoenix, and he'll be on Radio Row uh, starting next week. That'll
2: be great. Looking forward to that when uh, we get ready for Super Bowl week. A lot of buildup here, the two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Final Big 12 SEC Challenge. You had that right. You mentioned that yep. last week. And by the way, Kansas-Kentucky was really good on it Saturday was. night. I enjoyed that. And I was on the right side of that one. Were you? I couldn't see them losing again. Mm -hmm. They'd lost three in a row? Yeah, and never lost four in a row under Bill Self. So that was as simple as the handicap was. It goes away. We know it sounds like the SEC and ACC are now going to have a challenge Mm -hmm. as the Big Ten ACC challenge has gone away. Obviously, ESPN with the rights for both those leagues makes sense. The Big 12, the new Big 12, does have... A lot of Fox and more Fox Mm -hmm. for their basketball coverage. Are
0: they playing football in the Big Twelve this year, Trent? Well, yeah, they'll play. Will we find out at any particular time now when who they're going to play? Aren't they schedules usually out by now?
2: Well, yeah. I get that there's you don't have two teams departing. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe, and four coming. Uh, But I just thought we would have had something by now. I think
2: they're waiting to see if there's going to be if Oklahoma and Texas are willing to pay then they're going to let them pay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of negotiation happening there. I'm sure that's what the holdup is. Mm-hmm. It's a lot higher than just a football schedule. I mean, this goes beyond that. But to the Big Ten and Big 12, you both are working in the Fox waters. Yeah. Can we get a challenge? Yeah, please. How good would
0: that be? No, it would be good. Um, it would be really good because these two, I love these two conferences mm-hmm. basketball-wise. Uh, yes. I mean, if it's up to us, right? Yes. Uh, did you watch any golf this week? Did you watch Rory? Did. did you? Was it good? I didn't watch any of it. I
2: watched quite a bit on Saturday. Watched a little bit, you know, earlier in the week, and it was it was entertaining. I really was a, a great run there at the end, and seeing Max Homa, who is just he's such a beloved guy. He was mic'd up apparently he on was. Saturday, and he's just he's a guy that I think a lot of young people have kind of gravitated uh-huh. to. He does a lot of the social media stuff. He does a lot of the you know connections with different mm-hmm. people inside the game heard him last week he was on with Ryan Rossillo, you know a former ESPN guy in his podcast he just he seems like an easy guy to root for, and I think there's a lot of people because of that that jumped aboard with him and John Rahm, which was crazy because I took him pre tournament uh huh because he dominates this course. he has been so good at Tory throughout his career right and he comes in on as good of a heater as we 've seen since Tiger, and he just couldn 't get it going mm. and there was one point I think it might have been Friday evening. I flipped it on. And no, it was, Saturday, I mean, it was Thursday. And just the frustration because you could tell, he knows I'm playing so well. And he just couldn't catch a break. Good tournament, though, and good to see some good names at the top. Well, it was good
0: to see, uh, I mean, uh, Roy McElroy, Patrick Reed, who there's yeah. no love lost between right. these two. Now, look, Patrick Reed did not toss a tee. All right. I mean, that got so much blown out of... Look, good for Rory McElroy for not acknowledging the dude, mm-hmm. right? He, he was served the subpoena by one of Patrick Reed's, well, whoever serves the subpoena
2: server, mm-hmm.
0: on Christmas Eve. Yeah. He's with his family. Right. You're not going to forget that. You're just supposed to put that
2: in the past? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was somebody else that said uh, they were asked about that non- story that became a story there, and they said, well, I was just surprised we didn't get hit with the subpoena. I mean, just yeah. everyone's throwing shade. Patrick Reed, he's a villain. Yes, he is. And he wants to be a villain, and not just on the golf tour, but in his personal life, in his family life. A lot of people don't like him. Including family members. All right, we'll get Nick Athen in
0: here. We will uh, go back to uh, yesterday' AFC Championship game, uh, a really entertaining football game amongst uh, two teams that, at least we anticipate, Uh, that these two teams are going to see a whole lot of one another uh, in the years ahead. I know that Buffalo's out there. I still think the Chargers at one point will join that conversation uh, once they get their coaching staff figured out, because I think Justin Herbert is as good a quarterback as of of the young guys. No, he's not Mahomes. No, he's not Burrow. Um, but of of the AFC young guns in that conference, he's, he's, he's in the conversation. But Burrow and Mahomes, so darn entertaining. Mahomes, when he couldn't run, when he needed to run, he was able to run. But this game, to me, will be the Chris Jones game. Chris Jones was incredible uh, in that game yesterday afternoon, making impact after impact, especially early in the football game. He was seemingly held on every single play. Um, he was just unblockable, is what he was. Let's get to our friend uh, Nick Athen, Primetime Sports Talk, ChiefsFocus.com. On Twitter, he's at Chiefs Insider, and he joins us. Nick Trenton, Ken, uh, thanks for coming on, Nick. How are you?
3: Sure. I'm doing great. Other than my sprained ankle, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I have a sprained ankle. So I'm
0: good. Uh, well, good. Uh, and uh, hopefully you're able to move around on it and uh, tape it up and sit in front of your TV and watch the <laughs> Super Bowl. You'll be good. So, it, it was a good distraction. I bet. Uh, so let's go to let's go to Mahomes and and just his game yesterday. The the touchdown pass to Valdez Scantling was just a, a thing of beauty. I thought there's no way when it left his hand that's going in there. You could tell he wasn't a hundred percent, but yet when he needed to make a play right at the end of the game there, uh, he did. He was able to run, get the first down after the uh, uh, the return by uh, by Moore, which. What, what set them up and the 15-yard penalty and off they go to the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes being at, I don't know what he was, 70, 75, 80%. Uh, what, what a gutty performance.
3: Yeah, you know, you talk about that throw. I mean, I was sitting watching the game and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, he didn't catch that. I mean, there's no, I couldn't see that he had caught the ball because the defender was diving. And there he is sitting on his on his tailbone and he's got the ball in his hands, and it's a touchdown and I... And I look at the other angle and I think, how did he make that throw? That was, in my opinion, one of the best Mahomes quarterback throws I've ever seen. I, I thought, based on the coverage, you know, he had to look off to Kelsey and to Skymore, the single coverage. You know, he throws that ball without cocking his arm. He flicks his wrist with an incredible amount of velocity and gets sandwiched between two defenders. And that was the thing of beauty. And, and MDS stood up. Without him and his performance last night, 116 yards, mm-hmm. six receptions, touchdown, yep. they don't win that football game.
0: No, they had nobody else.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, Just,
0: Kelsey. Yeah. Right. Nobody left.
2: You know, the, the Kelsey injury, take us in what you heard leading up to the game. <laughs> there were some national reports out there that it sounded sure, incredibly Travis. debilitating. It looked like Travis oh, yeah. Kelsey. What did you hear?
3: Yeah, he hurt his back Friday uh, at, the, at the end of practice. Um, got treatment, was okay Saturday. Sunday, the spasms kind of returned. Um, that's why Jay Glazer reported what he did. It'd be a game-time decision. Now, he was always going to play. He, he was going to tough it out no matter what. But, you know, he was he was very good in the first half. The second half, you know, not as good. They kind of took him took him out of things. Um, you can kind of tell that he probably wasn't 100% either and did his best, you know, to, to grind it out for his quarterback and for his team. But there was maybe a marginal concern he couldn't play, but uh I I I didn't have any doubts that he there's no way he was missing this game.
0: Uh Nick uh the Chris Jones factor was absolutely huge. And Frank Clark as well had had some moments but but Chris Jones I I uh, heard somebody uh a, a longtime NFL voice say there other than Aaron Donald this is the second best defensive lineman uh in football. Hard to argue that point specifically based on what we saw yesterday. My good god he was unblockable. You know it's
3: it's interesting because you know at the end of the year he had 15 and a half sacks and I'm thinking okay did he really have that many? And, you know, all the talk about the postseason, and even though he, he said, listen, I don't care about that kind of stuff, um, you know, I just want the team to win. But he was just incredible. Um, you know, he had a couple of stops in the backfield. He had two sacks, uh, three tackles for a loss. Um, on the last sack, he he put he moved Carlos Dunlop to the inside and said, you're bull rushing and I'm going outside. He said after the game jokingly that, that Carlos wasn't very happy about it, but if you look at what Carlos did is he pushed the guard back and uh that that allowed him to go around the edge and, and make the sack of burrow and uh you know he was a man possessed you know when he's when he was crying pregame you know during the national anthem, I thought you know what he's that's that's the gleam in the eye that Marty used to talk about the there was I had no doubt he was going to play a monster game, and he is you know, next to Donald, you know the the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL, and and thankfully, I, I, it sounds like the Chiefs and him are going to work out an extension to lower his cap number next year, and he he can stick around a few more years.
2: Harrison Butker trots out there for the field goal. <laughs> it's been a trying year. Not a missed extra points, couple yep. of missed field goals in there. I know we've talked about <laughs> him a lot this year. Take us in, not the writer, not the Chiefs guy, the Chiefs fan. What you felt like as he was going out there for the game winning kick?
3: So I looked at my wife, and she goes, how many yards is it? I said, it's like 40, 45 yards. She goes, she's got this. I said, it's a kicker. You never leave the game (laughs) to a kicker in the NFL. You just don't do it. And honestly, I actually had confidence in him. I thought the way he kicked the ball against the Jaguars, the way he kicked the ball against the Raiders, Mm -hmm. you know, they they kind of solved their issues, and he he, he solved his mechanics. Um, But, you know, this guy is, for the most part, other than, you know, uh, Half the season this year when he just between injuries and, and having little hiccups and, and issues with holding. Um, you know, he, he's been nails. And, and uh, you know, the kickers live for this kind of thing. And I didn't have any doubt that he was going to make it just because, you know, the way he's been kicking over the last, you know, last month. Um, I, I, that boded well for his chances. But, you know, I, you just never want to leave a game up to kicker. Thank God it was tied. It wouldn't have been so bad if he'd have missed it. They'd just gone to overtime. But, um, man, I'm glad that he he solved his issues. And, and uh, without him the last two games, they probably don't win him either. So um, he, he's played really great when it counts.
0: You know, we're, we're going to see these two teams, I think. The second two straight years we saw yeah. them play in the AFC championship, I don't think we've seen the last of them. Have the Bengals. So here's how I look at it, Nick, from, and, and tell me I'm complete, um, I'm all wet if, if I, if okay. indeed I'm wrong. So I think what, you know, <laughs> there was a long period of time that clearly public enemy number one amongst Chiefs fans was John Elway. And then it became mm-hmm. maybe Ben Roethlisberger <clears throat> slash Philip mm-hmm. Rivers. Um, yep. I think Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals have climbed to that level of hatred now over maybe anybody else, including the Raiders and the Broncos, because both of those teams are essentially irrelevant. I mean, Denver can't get a head head coach. That's how bad it's gotten. Nobody wants to coach that team. There's only 32 jobs. But you know what? Russell Wilson's the anchor that comes along with taking that. So with the Chiefs and the Raiders lingering the way that they are, have Mm -hmm. the Bengals moved up to that public enemy number one amongst Chiefs fans?
3: I I think so. And you know they play at Arrowhead next year uh, during the regular season, which is going to be great again, Um, again, and then probably in the postseason again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Listen, I think it's good. It's healthy. I mean, these are two franchises that, for the most part, you know, went through fifty-year gaps of struggling. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, the Bengals have a lot to learn. It's a big learning curve for them because their ownership is so vastly different than the Chiefs. They've got a very cheap owner, uh, a guy who doesn't usually put resources into the football team, whereas now he's going to have to start paying these guys a lot of money. So It's going to be interesting to see. But for the next two or three or four years, I think this is the rivalry. I think the Bills will take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna have to take a step back. They're going to have to retool some things. They kind of do what the Chiefs did last year and hope that they can be as successful. Uh, fortunately, they're in a division where I think they can make that happen. But you're right. I think the bad blood between the two teams over the last week, I mean, the Bengals did some incredibly stupid bulletin board material. And, I, you know, I even heard Andy Reid was upset about that. And Andy doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Um, so, and then the fan bases, it's, it's, you know, Joe Burrow has become public enemy number one you know, in the Chiefs' nation. I think you make a great point. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch these two guys. But I think we're watching, you know, uh, Brady and Manning, and I think yep. Brady's going to win 90% or 80% of the time. Um, I think it's possible Burrow gets another shot at the Super Bowl and, and maybe wins one. Um, I think the same thing for Allen. But I don't see that happening in the next two to four years. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to ride this another 3 or 4 years.
2: 3 Super Bowls in 5 years and it just they got things figured out there. It's got to be a fun place to be with this Kansas City team. So a quick look ahead, we'll talk I'm sure again before we get to <clears throat> Super Bowl right. Sunday, but peeking ahead, we we got to see obviously injuries and everything. Where do you feel this matchup Eagles team playing obviously incredibly well?
3: Well, I think I think I think the Chiefs are going to be able to throw the ball Um, if they get enough time against the the Eagles secondary. I think there's definitely some holes there. Uh, I think the 49ers before they, you know, with the quarterback issue they had, even with their backup, backup in there, um, there were some opportunities down the field and they just couldn't make it happen. I think the Chiefs will exploit their secondary a little bit. Uh, The key is what the offensive line is going to do. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough for the Eagles because they haven't played a team like Kansas City all year. They really haven't played a world-beater team. They really haven't played one of the elite teams in the National Football League. They haven't played against a real super elite quarterback in a way that, you know, with so much on the line. Um, you know, these two teams faced each other, I think, a couple of years ago, you know, Jalen Hurts' rookie year, and, uh, you know, they, they were able to handle him then. It's going to be different now. But to me, it's going to boil down to the injuries, you know, wide receiver. Um, I think Tony's going to be okay. Watson will be back. Hardman probably not. And Juju's probably 50 50. Um, so they're going to have to get Sky more involved and, and you know, they're going to have to be creative offensively and do more three tight end sets. But for me, the Chiefs have a, an advantage throwing the ball, but I think the Eagles have an advantage in running the ball. Um, so it's going to see which, which, which defensive uh, game plan, you know, stops the other at the two things they do best. And, Clearly, that's the Chiefs passing and the Eagles running.
0: Nick, we'll talk to you next week as we get closer to this game. Thanks for popping on. Appreciate it, Nick Catherine. All right,
3: thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Thank Appreciate you. It. Yep, Chiefs Insider on Twitter. Uh, Chiefs Focus or Primetime Sports Talk is where you can read Nick. Primetime Sports Talk is in the, uh, uh, is his site. All right, um, Nick Olson, from one Nick to another, but not before we do another $1,000 slam dunk giveaway opportunity. At KXNO.com, you can head there right now. A pop-up box will appear, and once it does, enter the keyword bank. Bank, your chance to win $1,000 in this nationwide contest. Bank at KXNO.com. Nick Oson next, Miller &
2: Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus,
0: for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free
2: bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code KXNO. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code KXNO. You must be 21 or older, Iowa only. The bonus is issued as free bets. Opt-in is required. One free bet issued based on the amount of the initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-8- Patient.
2: Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515 225 Eight eight six six, or you can go online at Wolf Roof. Third-party insurers.
0: Now, back to Miller and on one hundred six point three KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Millie Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. Time to talk Iowa State. Our friend Nick Oson, CycloneAlert.com. He joins the program, part of 24-7 Sports. Iowa State, Texas Tech tonight. ESPN2 has the game, 8 o'clock tip-off. Will he or won't he? Caleb Grill, is he going to be able to answer the bell? Did not play on Saturday uh, against Mizzou. Nick, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you?
1: Absolutely, guys. I'm doing really well. Great to be back, and I enjoyed the NFL discussion leading in as well. Fun weekend there.
0: Yeah, it always is. A lot a lot going on. Well, uh, let's um, – I mean, I don't think – I know that the team flew back on Saturday uh, and then left again on Sunday for, for Lubbock. I'm, I'm assuming you didn't have a, a media availability with, uh, with TJ. Uh, what are you hearing regarding uh, Caleb Grill and his availability pursuant to tonight? Do you think he's going to play? What have you heard?
1: correct so we the the most availability i kind of had was after the game uh in missouri and i i made sure to ask coach otzelberger about that you were there first of all you made the trip i was yep i was at the missouri game absolutely um and so it sounds like basically they're kind of going about this with the same process that they have been it's just really Kind of something they've got to gauge every day. I mean, I've asked about it when I could. I've also really tried to speak with people a little more familiar just with that type of injury even outside of the team. And I I truly think when, you know, TJ has talked about a game-time decision before and evaluating it every day, I think that's pretty accurate. Now, obviously, I was there and I saw Caleb walking around before the game and, you know, after with some of the other injured players. And I would lean towards kind of what you guys said about basically if he's able to give it a go, it made more sense over the weekend to potentially not force it rather than tonight, especially when they are still shorthanded without Jazz Coon. But what I've mostly heard from asking is it's going to come down to things. If, if I really had to lean aside, I, I would probably expect to see him in some type of action tonight. But I do believe it really is a maintenance issue every day.
0: Well, I do see there's some still pictures of him getting off the plane, so he's there. He's there. Yeah.
2: that That's step one. Yeah, at least. and
1: I, I will add I, I will add there, I've, I've noticed, I think, you know, the social media teams are pretty smart and kind of in tune with things, like we talked about for football. And I don't think it's necessarily an accident that they use grill as mm-hmm. a picture for this game. But we will see. We will see.
2: So Texas Tech tonight. This has not been the team that many people anticipated. Year number two of Mark Adams. It has not gone well, but they break through. They get a win on the road against LSU. Now, LSU is not great themselves, but maybe a little bit of confidence here for Texas Tech. How dangerous do you see this game for Iowa State?
1: Yeah, now if I see it as a little bit dangerous. Kind of, again, what you guys alluded to earlier, right? Texas Tech is a hungry team. I feel that they found maybe a little confidence over the weekend, but they're dealing with so many injuries too. Mm-hmm. I think this one is really just going to come down so much to the execution and, and kind of fight of Iowa State. I, I don't believe that you know they really f- took a game off or anything like that over the weekend, but I, I do feel the intensity certainly higher for conference yeah. games. Yeah. I think the cyclones know and have established that they are the better team. I think they showed that quite recently. I think Otzelberger and the staff will have them ready. Texas Tech is still going to be without at least one, probably two of their three or four best players. So unless you know they kind of shoot like Missouri did over the weekend, I do like Iowa State's
0: chances tonight. Yeah, uh, the the transfer. Why can't I say his last name? Amok. Amok. Yes. And and Pop Isaacs. Those are the two, right? Are are, are both of those guys likely out for Texas Tech? Nick. No. So- Yeah, so I've seen
1: everywhere that that IMAC is expected out. I'm not sure if I've even seen you know, some buzz, including from some of my colleagues. Really a question mark when he'll ever get to play. And, yep, Mm -hmm. Isaac is also expected out. So I just feel like even though there's still some talent, especially I like some of their young guards, and I do think that they fight and have a decent staff, I just feel Iowa State's a much better, more complete team. If they bring their usual defensive intensity, they should be coming back with a victory.
2: Yeah, Texas Tech has not shot it very well this year. One of the few guys that can shoot it is Pop Isaacs. And as Ken mentioned, he's been banged up and didn't play in the win against LSU. We're dreaming here. We're dreaming about Iowa State getting be able to play close to home in the first and second round, a regular season title. These kind of games are so important if you're going to be competing at that top level. It's one thing to control home floor and do what you can in Hilton, but another to find these road victories. And you look at kind of the rest of the path that's in front of them here, Big gap before they take on Kansas, but road game still at West Virginia. We know how difficult that can be with Huggy's team, the way that they play. Kansas State, they're going to be ready. Texas, they're going to be waiting. Mm. And then Baylor at the end of the year, mm. it's not a stretch to say that this is maybe their last real good chance of getting a road victory.
1: Well, I think you made a great point there, Trent, to kind of open that, right? It's one thing to win at home, you know, have a fairly successful conference season and make it to the tournament. But I do believe this team is capable of contending until the end for that Big 12 title. I do see kind of a chance to win maybe one or two of those. There are going to be a lot of tough games, but you're right. And a lot of kind of my readers and some of the chatter on my board has been the same. If you're going to put yourself in that next level of conversation, especially with this veteran group that you can't expect a lot of these guys back, you have to take care of kind of these, Pick'em games, right? Iowa State's favored, but it's by very little. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think anybody would question who's been the better, more complete, consistent, competitive team this year. Both teams dealing with injuries. So to me, this really comes down to effort and execution. I think you can expect the effort out of the Cyclones just about every game. And as long as they shoot a little better, and I'll say some of the some of the shots Saturday were a little bit not contested from Missouri, I don't think you're going to expect to see much of that from Iowa State tonight because that's just not their M.O. You expect them to cover and make things difficult on the perimeter.
0: Um, Oklahoma beat Alabama. You would think that maybe Oklahoma might be a day off in the Big 12 still to come for (laughs) Iowa State. West Virginia beat Auburn uh, in the SEC Big 12 Challenge uh, this weekend. So, uh, man, oh man, this conference top to bottom uh, is really uh, remarkable. Uh, no question about that. All right, so let's uh, let's get back into the team just a, a little bit. The team that showed up. Obviously, Holmes was terrific in the basketball game. The concern to me would have been, and, and I don't know if Missouri's calling card prior to this was defense or not, but man, oh man, Iowa State was just totally out of sorts a number of times in that first half on Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of their calling card from what I've seen. I was able to watch a little bit and obviously read up on Missouri. They're maybe not the most sound defensive team, but when they make good plays, it looks nice, if you know what I mean. They kind of are very aggressive. They gamble for steals a little bit. And some of that press that they you know, kind of put on, it actually did work, especially early on. I'm not sure. I feel like the Cyclones expected it, but maybe you can't necessarily replicate something like that. I will say that crowd was one of the best I have seen really all year. I think that the Tigers were really ready for that one, and Coach Otzelberger gave a lot of credit to Dennis Gates and the team mm-hmm. post game. I just feel like that's one you're not going to see often. I think the lack of guard depth really hurt the Cyclones in that one. Uh, you know, Lipsy and Holmes were kind of splitting, bringing up the ball and kind of the backcourt. Grill's able to help a little bit there. Certainly defensively, as you guys mentioned earlier. And I was impressed by kind of their hybrid wing or forward, Kobe Brown. Yeah. He's one of the best a games I've seen, yeah, all year uh, against really any opponent. So I, I just felt like that was a tough one. I expect to bounce back, but you're right. Jaron Holmes, Mr. Steady, as I'm just kind of starting to call him, no matter the game, whether they're up, down, you can count on that consistency, that leadership.
2: And he really has a knack for scoring that ball. I've been impressed. So it was a football junior day over the weekend, an impressive group that made their way through. Uh, one of the most intriguing names, I think, on that list is Titus Cram, running back from Bondurant Farrar, watching him. He is a man amongst boys at mm-hmm. times out there, uh, playing at the 3A level. Really impressive, uh, young man that has offers from Iowa State, Iowa, Kansas, K State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all in vile evolved. What do he you heard about him and overall junior day for Iowa State football?
1: Yeah, really, really stacked junior day for Iowa State this weekend. I was working the phones a bunch yesterday, kind of before those football games. Titus is somebody I was able to speak with and get an article out that's out today and and last night. Graham's really impressive, and I feel like there were, geez, nearly, I'd probably say eight to ten schools, I would have said, really, really involved in the fall, maybe early winter. Now, there's still a great chunk of schools. Wisconsin's a little bit in the mix. Duke, Florida State, certainly. But like I've said for others like Jamison Patton on this show, I'll be a little surprised if Cram plays somewhere out of the state. I think mm-hmm. that there was a heavy Iowa lean yep. for a while, and there still may be. But the way that the Cyclones have recruited him, the bond that he's kind of established with Nate Shielhouse, now that he's the actual offensive coordinator with ISU as well, and he seemed really impressed with, kind of the culture and the family feel this weekend from what I've gathered. So I expect those two to be in the race for probably at least until June or July as some of those official visits take place.
0: What about the, the kid from France? Uh, the, I think he's probably going to be an edge rusher. He's big dude, 6'6", 270 already. Um, certainly looks the part. Uh, help me out with his name, but you know who I mean. Now, what are the chances he's a Cyclone?
1: Yeah, Tidiangelo, I believe is how you, how you pronounce it, and he is a great kid. Somebody that's come, come along a little bit later, obviously kind of a different path to get here um, you know, to Iowa State in this visit, but I, I spoke with him a little bit. He was blown away by this weekend. I think the chances are pretty good, especially because the Cyclones have actually offered already rather than maybe Kansas State or some of these other schools that haven't necessarily offered. But he's somebody that's going to take his time. He told – One of our reporters that and he told me the same, I think he and his family really want to talk about things over the next month or two. And we'll kind of be a later grad in addition to wherever he decides to go.
0: Good stuff. Nick Olsen, 24-7 Sports uh, Cyclone Alert. I just realized I didn't follow you on Twitter. I've changed that <laughs> during this conversation. <laughs> I did not know you are at Mizzou. I uh, won't miss any of the Nick Oson stuff uh, going forward. What have you got coming up this week? Obviously, uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of uh, recaps still of the junior day. What else, Nick, can we look forward to?
1: Yeah, thank you, Ken. This is a loaded week. I will mention a major target. Uh, we reported on the VIP board, and then he shared it, is announcing. Uh, Jefferson Adams tonight will be announcing his commitment. Iowa State, Indiana, West Virginia, the last schools really involved there. And then we've got a 75% off promo going until tonight. I've been kind of blown away by what I've seen already. So anybody that wants to join, I promise, content over 360 days a year.
0: And you deliver, too. And we certainly appreciate what you do for the radio program. Thank you, Nick. Have a good week. We will talk to you next Monday. Thanks, Nick Olsen. Can't wait. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nick Olsen, Cycling Alert, 24-7 Sports, as we catch up on uh, Iowa State. Uh, You have a feeling about this game tonight?
2: Yeah. I feel good about a bounce back. So good. You're going to make a part of your circle plays all day? It is part of the group of three or four plays we got today we got a few, though. A few that are bouncing around. So Okay. And, you know, during the break every once in a while, there's a number that says, yeah, we're going to attack it. <laughs> gotcha. One and one over the weekend for both of us uh-huh. as uh, we split on that one. But our season comes to a close with our Super Bowl picks. But don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I will be making picks. Now, when I'm gone on vacation coming up here in a week and a half, are you going to make picks at the end of the show? No.
0: Well, maybe, maybe I, I'm sure people know who I
2: like. Um, I don't know. Probably not. No. Probably not. Not going to grind away. We're not going to hear no. a pick out of the Ohio Valley. Nothing from the Colonial. No,
0: or do your thing, you mean, on You're the right. plays of the day? Yeah. No, no, no. You know, in my play. I can't wait to bet the Chargers <laughs> when the number comes out. Oh, no. I will have, uh, I'll get right to the Chargers and bet them in the, uh, in
2: the Futures. Some baseball over-unders are starting to trickle are they? out offshore. So they should be getting here uh-huh. relatively soon. Uh-huh. By uh-huh. the way, so I'm
0: watching uh, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday night. Of course I right? are. Of course I am, right? What else am I going to do? I've been watching it my entire life. <laughs> and that's literally the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and it's between periods, and they're having their little conversation. And I learned on Hockey Night in Canada, not here in the United States, and maybe I've missed this story, are you aware that the NBA – and the NHL are both tinkering with adjusting the number of regular season games down to 70? I've heard the
2: speculation. I had I've had not seen this. 72 story. is a number that I've heard a lot. Okay. Um I think 72 works out well where you play everybody in your conference maybe 3 times and then two games maybe against the And other it's based com- on load management. Oh, absolutely. Right? It Where did 82 come from? There's no rhyme or reason to no, it. No, right? that's true. Yeah. No, there isn't. Now, where do you make up that money? Five home dates? Mm-hmm. Six home dates? Whatever it turns mm-hmm. out to be. It's going to be difficult. Because think of LeBron comes to town. Only time of the year. You're an Eastern Conference right, team, and he got right. tickets for your kid. Yeah, and he's, he's going to take the night off. He's tired. If there's something that can be done. And especially, this is apparently
0: what they're thinking. Yeah. It's probably the right move. I, I think it is. Especially with all these guys, and and it's it happens way more than the NBA than in oh, the yeah. NHL by by far. But it still happens in the NHL. But yeah, not to the extent <laughs> well. that it does. By <laughs> the way, just real quick NHL thing. I, I'm torn. Uh, Bobby Hull passed away here today. Mm-hmm. Bobby Hull was one of. He had, he invented the curve stick, right? He had a curve stick, so I had a curve stick. Okay, right? I'm I'm young Ken. I'm 10, 11 years old. This is one of my idols. And then he comes to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. he leaves Chicago, put Winnipeg on the map. The reason there's NHL in my home city is because of Bobby Hull. Oh, wow. Bobby Hull is a first class a hole. Bobby Hull has. He thought Hitler had some good ideas. Oh, no. Bobby Hull was the poster child for domestic abuse. He would beat the living tar out of his wife. Hold her at gunpoint. Jeez. This is a, this is a bad, bad guy. But your boyhood idol, because then you find out about this part of it. it's kind of like for the people who grew up Brett Favre guys now. Right? now, he didn't beat his wife that we know of. Not saying he did, but all the stuff that he did in Mississippi, stealing those that those funds. But when you learn about Bobby Hull and you compare him to the idol that you're at, just tough. It's tough, right? Yeah. Brutal. Kirby
2: Puckett for me. Kirby
0: Puckett for you. Yes, excellent one. Miller and Condon. um, Excellent example. Not an excellent person. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free
2: bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers, yes, that's Ken and I and a lot of you out there, you can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, if it doesn't hit, you're going to get your free bet back. How about this? King's t Wolves tonight. Little, mm. I know a lot of people that went up for the game over the weekend, and we get the uh, back-to-backer here. A lot of people going up to watch Keegan and company. Play around with the same game parlay with DraftKings.
0: So download the app now and sign up. Uh, use the sign-up code KXNO. New customers bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only a DraftKings sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and you have to use the code KXNO. You must be 21 or older. I only the bonuses issued as free bets opt-ins required, one free bet issued based on the amount of initial losing NBA bet eligibility, wagering, deposit restrictions, they apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-BETS-OFF
1: you get your podcast back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's pick of the day presented by Circus Sports Iowa
0: Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. A couple of minutes away. By the way, Heather and Sean have Lisa Guerrero. Oh, wow. Uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. She wrote a book, and uh, she will join Heather and Sean at, uh, when they rejoin for their 5 o'clock hour.
2: That's a good get there. An
0: excellent get. All right, let's uh, get some
2: money in some people's accounts here, TC. We're all counting on you. All right. Well, let's... Uh, boy, speaking of bad beats, in our Bet Rivers contest... Yes? I had... Two long shot parlays, same game parlays, mm-hmm. uh, both in the Cincinnati-Kansas City game. Both of them, I missed by a leg. Patrick Mahomes, yes. under 324.5 passing yards. And he had 326. 326. Ugh. 110 in one of the bets, and it was 140 mm. in the other. I would have been chasing Bromelkamp, who would have been very close. But alas, it's an L. Even if I would have missed every leg, it would have been the same. Ugh! That's what makes those parlays so, so difficult. Over to Circa Sports, and uh, the numbers currently available. As mentioned, yes, I am on Iowa State. Currently, the Cyclones at Circa, a one-point favorite. Did get them at Pickham last night, but, but look, we're, we're splitting hairs at that point between Pickham and minus one. Need to get a victory there for ISU. Going to grab South Dakota. The Coyotes go to Oral Roberts, getting 15-and-a-half. South Dakota starting to play a little bit better there. And uh, they got a former Johnston Dragon on the team in Stephen Kramer. And wrap it up. I've been fading Chicago State last week. Remember that road trip from Coastal Carolina to Stanford? They go to the Citadel. <laughs> Austin Ash with a big night tonight. We'll lay the two and a half. Give me Citadel against Chicago State.
0: All right. That is going to do it for us. Murph and Andy in five minutes, Heather and Sean, three to six. Again, Lisa Guerrero joins the afternoon show at five. We're back tomorrow, 11 to one is where you can hear Miller and Condon right here at Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KF.